0: welcome to episode 54 of Therese talk I'm your host Therese Maine by day I co-host a morning radio show on a network in New York and Pennsylvania by night I'm a podcaster if you're a woman like me who loves Jesus and just wants to serve her family and community a little bit better you're in the right place if you would take a moment right now to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode have you started thinking about your New Year's resolution we always start out with the goal of making ourselves better 365 days later. But what would make you better? How about growing closer to God? Greta Brokaw heads up Heart Medicine Ministries and has written several devotional books for women. Today, she's going to help us grow in our faith one day at a time. Thanks for being here. Oh, it is my
1: pleasure. It's such a privilege.
0: I think when people get to the beginning of the year, Christians especially, you know, we have these big doe-eyed, you know, pie-in-the-sky ideas that like, I'm going to get in the Word of God every single day, and I'm going to be faithful in my reading. And yes, that would be such an amazing thing. And some people do it, but so often we get to like March, and it's like, oh yeah, I was I was going to be in God's Word every day. So as someone who has written a series of devotionals, which could be done every single day. Why is it so important to be in God's Word regularly?
1: Well, the thing I always tell people, Therese, is I don't wake up holy. I know I don't. I I wake up uh, cranky, tired, and, and then things come at me from all different directions that I'm not prepared for. And if I haven't spent some time with God, I'm that much less prepared. And and there have been so many times that I have gone into a situation and I know on the other end of it that if I had spent time with God in the morning, I would have been better prepared for that. So, So I just can't stress that enough to anyone that we don't wake up holy. We need that. Fresh filling of God's word and the Holy Spirit's power every morning just to get through the day. And as women, I
0: think we feel this need to be doers. You know, I got it's like I got to get up and I got to do, I got to do this, got to do this, got to do this for this person and this for this person. But sometimes yes. God just wants us to be, to just be in his presence.
1: And one of the things that I pray all the time is you know, God, you have filled my life with blessings. You filled my life with opportunities. I'm so grateful for them, but I know that without your help, they will just slip right through my fingers. And, and the whole thing is that as women, we, we always feel this need to be the glue that holds everything together, but Jesus is the glue that holds us together. And we can't get enough of him. And, and no matter how hard we try to do everything right, it doesn't work without Him. So time in His Word is just absolutely imperative for us.
0: Proverbs 17.22 says, A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit drieth the bones. And that was kind of the catalyst for the title of this series of devotionals that you've written, Heart Medicine, and yes. then Volumes 2 and 3. This idea that God's Word is kind of a prescription is, is a unique take, because I think— think so often we try to exist parallel to the Bible. It's like, oh, yeah, there's the Bible. It was probably good for somebody at some time, but this is, you know, we're in like the 2020s now. It's not relevant still, but it is so relevant.
1: It is, absolutely. There are, because God's principles are throughout it, and they don't change. God says, I do not change. And and so uh, even though It's a different time, a different place that those stories are taking place. The human heart is still the same and God is still the same. And so it's still the same challenges that you and I face every day um, held up against uh, the grace and the love and the sovereign hand of God. So um, I love going back into those Bible stories and finding the parallels to our everyday life, because they are there on every page. It's a
0: challenge for many people to read a daily devotional. (laughs) Would you walk us through what it's like to write a devotional? (laughs) Because there are I mean, hundreds of hours of study, not to mention then thinking, how does this relate to now? And then that application and then writing it in a way that people can understand. What is that process like? I mean, how do you come up with this many
1: ideas Mm -hmm. to write about? Honestly, Therese, I always say that um, I'm an imperfect woman very imperfect. But I know that God's word is his perfect truth. And so most of these devotionals come out of things that the Lord is working on in me. Um so so I'll be doing my own Bible reading and studying and I will feel the Lord pricking my heart about something and and then I I just kind of need to write about it and and I've come to understand that even though it usually feels like it's just me, it's, it's, it's not just me. I will kind of study it out to make sure that, that what I'm getting, uh, in my thoughts lines up with God's word. And, and then I'll just kind of lay it all out. And, and one of the things that I frequently try to do is, is just use examples from my own life because, you know i'm not a bible scholar i'm not uh i'm not a trained bible teacher uh, i'm just i'm just a a girl who loves god i'm just an imperfect girl who needed his grace and and so uh i i always want people to to hear me coming from from that level that look i need this um just as much as anybody else if
0: you don't mind i'm going to go through three of the devotionals in the first volume of Heart Medicine three that okay. kind of jumped out to me and I'll be curious to know if they're your favorites it would be neat if they were <laughs> but they might not be and that's okay um the first one is a woman's worth and this is the account of Leah and what it must have felt like for Leah to be second to Rachel in Jacob's eyes. And we see Leah struggle to prove her worth, to do things that will make her worthy. But she has to go on this journey because she needs to realize that God has loved her before all of those things that she did, that that's where her true worth lies. This is such a struggle for so many women, realizing that their worth is not in what they do or what people on earth think about them, that it's really in what God thinks about them.
1: Can I tell you that devotional uh, was so personal for me because I am the oldest of three sisters. And then we have a brother, of course. But growing up, my sister who was younger than me was always the prettier one and always the one that seemed to get more attention. And, uh, you know, we were very different. And at the time that we were growing up, it just felt like people were drawn to her more than they were to me. Honestly, uh, that and a lot of other things led to me going down some paths that I shouldn't have gone down, that that drew me away from the Lord literally for years. It took me years to figure out that God made me the way he made me for a purpose, and God loved me, and God had good things for me. And I was often so wrapped up in looking at what my sister had or what other girls had that I was just completely missing out on what God wanted to do in my life. And I feel that that is so easy for us as women. We can be so competitive. You know, I think of when we were in school and the teacher used to say, eyes on your own paper. That's how we need to be. We need to have eyes on our own paper, not constantly be looking at somebody else's answers, but have our own connection with the Lord and and understand that He has plans for you. Next is a
0: devotional you've written called In the Aftermath. And you kind of recount this summer where, you know, there are the joys of going on vacation to uh, losing a family member, to finding out that you were pregnant, to someone becoming very sick. This high and low experience that is so much of the Christian experience. And then you draw to First Kings 19 and the situations that we encounter where there are victories, but how easily we forget the victories, the things that God has done. And we kind of get this amnesia that may be orchestrated by the enemy. I don't know. We just seem to get busy and distracted.
1: Yes. And I think that too often we run on feelings. and, um, And when life is throwing challenges at us, you know, obviously we can be coming off a great experience where we just feel so blessed and everything feels so wonderful. And then because something comes that we did not anticipate or that we don't want, or we don't see how God can use this, our our feelings drop right down and, uh, and we run on that. And, and suddenly, uh, we start to question God's goodness and, and, I remember that year so well because you know it was it was the year that I got pregnant with my son at the age of 40 at the same time we were going through losing my father-in-law to cancer and it was a crazy crazy year of highs and lows all the all the best things that we wanted and all the worst things that we never wanted but God was the constant and God's word was the constant and and we could not Rest on our feelings. We had to rest on who God was. And I'll tell you when we had my my father-in-law's funeral, my father-in-law got a, a cancer diagnosis where he had two to four weeks to live. And when we had his funeral, I cannot tell you the hundreds of people that came out and the gospel was given. And, and it was a hard, hard time. But I have no doubt that God used it and people were saved at that service. And and that is the kind of stuff that God delights to do. He delights to show himself faithful in the aftermath of the worst stuff. The last
0: devotional in this book I want to visit is one called One Woman Show, and you reference back to Exodus 17, and here is Moses trying to save the world, and he can't do it on his own, and Aaron and her show up and and are right there with him, and they're led to victory. But as Christian women, and what I love is that you take this account that is about three men, and you're able to apply it to the lives of women, which I think so often— Women's studies try to look only to accounts of women in the Bible, but there are things that we can learn from what happened to men in the Bible. And the, yes. the prescription that you give at the end is to take time to write a note of encouragement to someone else. That idea of of when you're in a place where where you need a blessing that you actually bless somebody else is is such a neat prescription because mm-hmm. i think that when we serve others it really brings us joy but why is it that we want to go it alone there just seems to be this mm-hmm. constant especially in in women's fellowship women's ministry where i don't know we just can't seem to to
1: get it together being together i say that i often struggle with a first best only complex that like, I want, I want to be the first one to do this. I want to be the only one to do it. And I want to be the best at it. And, and I think unfortunately that that is kind of a plague among women, you know, that we are are constantly jockeying for position rather than supporting each other the lord blesses us when we get a hold of the idea of community and when you know the the bible tells us over and over to do good especially to those who are of the household of faith and 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 the lord encourages us to work together and to support each other. I remember when Paul wrote uh, to those two women, uh, Euodius and Syntyche, who were fighting amongst themselves. And he he told everybody at that church, you've got to help them to work together. You've got to help them to get along. And so many times we want to be the solution. Lots of times we want the accolades of being the one who fixed it. I know I do. I know that I find that kind of pride in myself all the time. But the blessing is in being able to bring each other along. I have a Bible study that meets at my house every other week. I fought the lord on that assignment for literally a couple years and and it has been one of the greatest blessings in my life to host that bible study the last couple years because those women have been a blessing to me they pray for me all the time they encourage me they they do simple practical kind of things to love on me and you know and and i was a fool to push it off and i and i think that lots of times as women we can do that we're so bound and determined and to be at the center of everything ourselves, that we deprive ourselves of the blessings that others can bestow on us. I think if I wrote
0: a version of the Bible, Paul's words to women would be, cut it out. (laughs) Right? That's why there isn't a TIV version, the Therese International. (laughs) Nobody would buy that. You know, these three examples that I pulled out of heart medicine all happen to be from the Old Testament. And I didn't do that on purpose. I I chose Mm -hmm. these because I found them to be relevant to me. But I do think it's interesting uh, in an age where so many modern Christians discount the Old Testament, that there's so much relevance
1: in that part of the Bible. And I think, too, that there are a lot of people who, you know, I I was a pastor's daughter, so I grew up on all the Bible stories, you know, Uh, but there are a lot of people that didn't. Uh, A lot of Christians who want to uh, have God at the center of their lives and want to live a life that pleases him, but they're just not familiar with the treasure trove, that you have in all the books of the bible and and so hopefully that's one of the things that that heart medicine devotions does is we kind of go off the beaten path and introduce you to some other areas of the bible so that you can see that there is so much in there and it is so well worth exploring and applying to your life
0: so many women's books are written in a way that is emotionally based. Uh, It's like experience first and Bible second. I really appreciate that you have taken so many years of really understanding the Bible and then went to the experience. But without all the extra emotion, I don't know if that's a compliment or not. But I just I just love when I can read a study that is so steeped in God's word instead of how we're feeling.
1: Because here's the question that we come to, Therese, is God's word true because we think it's true, because we feel like it's true? Or is it true because it's God's word? and and so i think that you have to approach it that way that regardless of how i'm feeling or what i'm going through or what i want out of life this is god's word and and what it says does not change and and it is truth on the days that i'm feeling it and on the days that i'm not and that's kind of our responsibility i think as christians is to take god at his word even when it doesn't necessarily line up with how we're feeling. So hopefully I'm challenging women to do that because, you know, like I have a friend who, when we are talking about serious stuff, she will say to me, do I need my steel toed boots today? Because I tend to step on her toes here and there. But not because I don't love her, not because I'm, I am don't want to help her, but because this is what God's word says, and I've got to give it to you straight, you know? I mean, to do anything less would not be loving you, you know? We're supposed to have grace but we also have to make sure that we balance that grace out with truth.
0: You can find out more about Greta and her ministry when you visit the show notes section of today's interview. Thank you so much for being with us.
1: Oh, thank you for having me, Therese.
0: If you've enjoyed this episode of Therese Talk, be sure to subscribe and look for the next episode on Tuesday morning. If you really loved it, consider making a gift to Family Life, the ministry this podcast is a part of. Just go to familylife.org and find out more about what we do. Did you know Family Life offers a variety of podcasts from news to kids to faith? You'll find a favorite on demand at FamilyLife.org slash podcast.